maybe I'm just I have one of those appearances, but I've been mistook many times for someone that works in a record store, like while just looking around the record store. <laughs> There's this <laughs> shop in Portland, Oregon, um, called Second Ave, and every time I go in there, someone's like, "Hey, do you uh, know if you have this record?" And I'm like, "I mean, I don't work here, but I can help you find it." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, you should lot. ask for a percentage of the bo- of the sale. <laughs> yeah, you should. When I and I, yeah. I mean, I'm obnoxious, so I will yell something like that. I'm like, "Hey, uh, I got the commission on this one. Uh, yeah, me right here. No big deal." <laughs> I help guy. that person out. <laughs> yeah, I help this. I help this lady find this Kanye West record. <laughs> Baby, could you? I got too much on my mind right now. I ain't got a time to get you sitting right I got too much on my mind right now Tell the hero tale, get my baby right Hello and welcome to the EduPunks podcast. This is the fifth installment of the In Betweens collaboration with my good pal Jacqueline O'Connell. Who knew I would get to intro an episode using a Post Malone song? Hey, that's going to come up a little later. Spoiler alert. In this episode, we talk a lot about music. We talk a lot about record stores this week because we have our good friend Christian Sorge joining us from New York. Christian owns the record store Limited to One, which has recently opened uh, within the last year and has already taken over the world of vinyl collecting and especially in the vinyl Instagram world because this dude scours the world for hard-to-find, very limited pieces of uh, records that you can get sometimes only in his shop. It's friggin' wild. And we get into it with him about why he started his store, how he started his store, and what it really looks like running a store that has very limited quantities of things. And yeah, we we talk a lot about our opinions on record stores, some of our preferences of how record stores are organized, their cleanliness, a whole bunch of other things. We get into a whole bunch of different stuff, and we share some of our newer favorite tunes with you. So throughout the episode, instead of ad breaks, I'm going to play some tunes. The uh, legal amount that we can play and still get away with it, which is just about a minute each song. So that's fun. I, I looked up the, the legal rights how we can do that since we're technically reviewing the songs and hyping them up to some degree. So, hell yeah. Uh, I, I like that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to dilly-dally too much. Really, this is just a, a fun conversation with two of my favorite people. We originally planned to do it in person, but it didn't work out, which is fine. We still had a great conversation, a lot of fun with Christian and and Jacqueline. You heard a little bit of the song Ball For Me by Post Malone. I'm going to get to the Nicki Minaj rap 
verse of it coming up next before you get into the conversation. And I'll be back after this first chunk with some more songs. Here we go. Gotta hit him on the jack when you coming back. Where's you at on the map? Everything is intact. Could have been a seamstress, still wouldn't cut him slack. Pretty much ain't got a clue. Itty bitty piggyback off everything I do. But I'm still dropping chores. Got him looking like James Harden at the awards. Back to you, I'm so into you. For real, bread like I'm clean to you. If you were 10, I add 10 to you. They be mad when I 10 to you. That's what the bay like. Call me Buffy, cause that's what I slay like. All right, we're sitting digitally uh, recording this episode of the uh, In Between Spins, episode five, with my good friend Jacqueline O'Connell. How are you? Oh, so good. How are you? I am fantastic now that I have taken a nap and ran. <laughs> that's, Feeling that's productive. Much better than I did this morning and all of yesterday. So that's nice. It's great. Yeah. And I'm really glad because once a month we get to chat. We get to chat with someone new about the world of music. And this week we're chatting with our friend Christian Sorge. How are you? I'm lovely. Hey, guys. How are you? Pretty well. Pretty good. Good, good, good. Y'all Thanks are for pretty, having me. Y'all are pretty close, right? Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, we're we're only like a few blocks away from each other. <laughs> in New York. In New York, yeah. And I York. I frequent Christian's shop way too much. <laughs> Is there such thing as way too much? I would, I would You know, honestly last night Brian goes, Do you want to go to record shopping tomorrow? And I was like, Oh, Christian's store is closed and we're actually doing a podcast tomorrow, so we can't go to a shop. <laughs> I'll see you in a week then. That's all that, mate. That yeah, you'll, you'll see me this week. I'm going to bring my puppy by. Oh, Ooh. yes. I want to meet him. You're working oh. tomorrow? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow then. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think on Christian's end of it, there could be visiting it too often because that's probably something he likes. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten, I've actually, like, we, you know, we're almost open a year and it's nice to, like, recognize familiar customers and regulars and stuff you know i didn't know how long it would take to have some returning people but it's been really nice to have people who come by the shop all the time and we get to see them and start to get to know the customers taste of music a little bit yeah i mean i think we uh first visited the shop shortly after it opened last summer we dropped in yeah, you guys came pretty early on, maybe a month or two after we opened. Yeah, because I had heard someone talking about this, like, special new shop in New York. You got to go there. And I was like, oh, shit. All right. I think I think it was, I saw it because of Joey, actually, from 6131. I think he had showed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, had come, he showed up, like, the second weekend, I think, we were open. Yeah, because he's on had, top of it. <laughs> yeah, he is. And we had a we had a Get Up Kids test pressing that he like jumped on almost instantly. He was very <laughs> psyched about. That doesn't surprise <laughs> me. So we're we're already kind of getting into it, but a little bit. But Christian, why don't you tell folks a little bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, okay, hey, I'm Christian Sorge. Um, I worked in film and television for a long time, and I've always been a super music geek. Um, back, back in the day, I, I like interned at Fat Rack and I, um, I also interned at Live 105 in San Francisco while I went to film school. 
Uh, and then I moved out to New York and started working in film, but always had a real interest in music. I was a big show goer and I've always collected vinyl since, you know, I was like 16 or 17. Um, and so I was working quite a bit and I sort of, I worked on four projects two summers ago. Um, and I got really burnt out on the whole thing. And I decided that, uh, I had an idea to open up a, a different type of record store. Um, so I ended up taking a small hiatus from film and TV and decided to open up Limited to One, uh, which is at 221 East 10th between 1st and 2nd Avenue in New York City. Uh, we opened July 29th of last year, and we're going into our 11th month now, which is pretty exciting. Um, and the shop is, well, it's, uh, you know... It, it specializes in limited run stuff or out of press. And the idea for us was like no records that you could buy on Amazon or, you know, stuff like a shop filled with wall records, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and it's not always expensive. Uh, we have a lot of reasonably priced stuff, but sometimes we have some more expensive stuff. Um, but ideally, like I really wanted to focus a bit on contemporary music. You know, I think a lot of shops aren't doing that. They don't know how to sort of lean towards collectors or towards uh, young uh, customers who are coming in who have different tastes in music than what a lot of record shops are selling. Um, so, you know, I come from sort of a punk and indie rock background, so we definitely specialize a lot in that sort of stuff. Um, and mostly just really limited items, you know. The joke is, is like, it's limited to one because we usually only ever have one copy in the store at any time. So, uh, but I do like when people come in and ask me if that's our, our business model that, that they they're only allowed to buy one record and that is not right. You can oh, buy as many as you like. <laughs> I haven't thought of it that way. I didn't even think yeah. about it. Yeah. How would your, yeah. How would your business model sustain if that was? Exactly. Oh we would be the, the, we would be in business for about a month and then we would crash and burn. Goodness. <laughs> Well, what inspired you to want to like start a store like that? I think mostly just uh, I asked my vinyl friends. Uh, I also have a podcast named Record Nerds with a Z. And me and the four guys who do that, we talk about uh, collecting and shopping a lot. And we really just thought, you know, what are the things that we, what would make the average record like the record customer, the vinyl collector, what would make life easier for them in a store? You know, like what if we, you know, we slim down so it's not like 10,000 records that you have to sort through. And what if we put all the pressing information on every record? And what if we graded the record for people so there's no surprises where you go home and there's a huge scratch on it? Or, you know, you can trust in sort of our grading system um, and then also try to keep the prices pretty reasonable. Um, but definitely have some harder to find stuff in there. You know, we do test pressings and, you know, we do some really limited stuff in the shop and we've done a few pressings of stuff on our own and some collaborations already. Um, so we just wanted to take a different swing at record shops. That's all. I mean, a lot of people do a lot of different things, but we just try to, you know, minimize the, the you know, the get on your knees you know, getting black lung from 10,000 records, trying to find that one thing you're looking for. 
Oh, yeah. That's one thing that definitely, I think, has your store standing out amongst others is like, it's a pretty succinct store. So you're not going to like be in a fucking warehouse. Like, where do I start? It's more of like, all right, this is where I start. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, and then our categories are are pretty specific. You know, we have like, uh, hardcore and punk and we have like a even like a current emo section and we have an indie rock and a hip-hop and and a metal slash heavy section so we try to keep it like you know we try to keep the categories the way that i would have liked them at least you know when it's very specific and you know sometimes people can come in and they see exactly what they want or they know exactly where they shop every time yeah, I feel like you made like us as I've already mentioned that I'm there often, and I've if anyone's who who's listening to this podcast has watched any of the in between spins videos, you know that I've mentioned the store on numerous occasions because <laughs> yes, I'm there so often. <laughs> um, but I feel like you just like made the perfect store. It has like everything I could want when walking to into. Like it, does, it takes. I guess like this makes me kind of sound like a lazy record shopper, but it takes the work out of it because you oh. like you know I know it's I really yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> only because like sometimes I'm like uh, like I don't want to have to spend like just so many hours digging through. Sometimes you're just not in that mood, and like that's okay. Yeah. Like, oh. and I like being able to just like go in your store and be like, okay, I know what this pressing's out of. I know what condition it's in. I know what I'm getting. I don't have to pay for shipping by like going to Discogs or something like that, where you get that same information. Um, And then you just, like like you said, like you have, um, you are really succinct with like the genres and like how you file everything. And um, I know exactly like where my section is and where I usually find things and what I'm interested in seeing new in that particular section. So I feel like you just kind of like created something that everybody wanted. And I wish there were more of them for everybody else to enjoy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I honestly, I'm the same way because, you know, I'm a music fan and a record shopper first always. And, you know, it gets frustrating to buy stuff online and then people like don't grade the same way that you grade and you get a record that, mm. you know, or you get beat on something because they say it's one thing and it's the wrong pressing or they've, you know, put it in the wrong section or category online and you're like oh you said it was the blue pressing and really it you know just like nerdy shit like that you know but like here we'll tell you like this this is what it is and you don't and you know and the best part about it is we have all that information on each record so you're not even like you know you have to go through your phone and check all that stuff you know like we have it sort of laid out and it is a little bit for the lazy record collectors but it's also like it cuts out a lot of time you know if you just want to swing by and you know spend an hour in the shop you know an hour in our shop you'll get through a lot more records than you would an hour in another shop because in another shop you're pulling out the pressing you're looking at the color you're seeing what condition it's in you know that sort Mm -hmm. of thing yeah and i and and also and also don't get me wrong i I love shopping in other shops, you know, and sometimes when I'm in a new city, sometimes I like to look through every single record, you know, or I go to Amoeba and it's like 10,000 LPs, you know, and you love that. But in the same respect, it's sometimes you just don't have the energy or the time to do that. You know, you just want to kind of look through a little section and see if they got something new and then you got to go or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of person that um, with my, level of attention span it's hard for me to like 
stay (laughs) focused in like a section unless it and this might be jumping ahead a little bit i need like some sort of organization to it as much as a person as i am that is i kind of thrive in chaos um i need at least to know that if i get to like a certain letter i'm like all right then this thing i was thinking about is not going to be here that's fine gonna keep yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah I'm the same way. Like, you know, I've, I've traveled quite a bit for the shop. Um, and just like, you know, going to, I had gone to Europe a few times and Asia a few times. And sometimes I would just be like, okay, eyes on the K's, you know, like I want to find a karate record, you know, cause I, you know, or something like I'm always looking for the tool anima record, you know? So like every single time I go to shop, I'm always looking in here and here and here always, you know, because I know that I'm always looking for those records. Just so you know, I'm always looking for that record too. Please let me know. I'm always looking for that record. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to find a sealed copy of Tool Anima, and then I'm going to put the one I own in the shop because I own one, but it's beat. So it's not super beat. The cover's beat, and I would love a really nice copy of it. So someone will get my copy whenever i see one but i still i literally haven't seen one in the shop yeah i know (laughs) i've only ever come across bootlegs and then one time i was at a record expo and it was on a wall and someone was selling it for 350 dollars, and i just did not have the capacity to just drop it on my credit card (laughs) i know because katie would have left me It's a tough record. And the worst part about it is I think I read somewhere that there's like 15 or 20,000 copies of that. Think about that. Like what other band could put out a record in those numbers and still let it be worth that much money? You know what I mean? Wild, And still have so many bootlegs of it, too. I know. It's crazy. Somebody started bootlegging King Gizzard records, though. I found that really interesting recently. When like that one album is like public domain like why are you bootlegging no King not no, not that one just the early two or three records that everybody wants they're worth mm. like four or five hundred dollars oh. they started pressing them people started uh making bootlegs in the uk of them interesting didn't newberry comics just do some pressings of those or is that they, those they are did. different no not not of those but of the newer records okay. i think it's just the first three ones they were only done in australia and uh they're really hard to find and they all go for like 500 plus dollars hmm so you've done a bit of traveling just to like fill your shop i imagine yeah before i opened um we traveled for like or for like six months i like every time i'd go into a shop if i was traveling or even locally always buying for the shop but i did a lot of like collection buys and then i I did asia and then i went to utrecht which is in holland it's the world's largest record fair that happens two times a year and uh, i went shopping for them for that too so yeah i heard you talk about i heard you talk about that trip with um jim on the uh, vinyl emergency podcast oh yeah, yeah yeah it sounded wild it's crazy it's a you know it's a pretty large it's definitely like you know imagine going to a record convention and it's like five times the size of the biggest one you've ever been to you know and it's like it's sort of broken up into sections so it's like here's the rock section and then here's the jazz and then but it's still like it's probably 75 tables from around europe of people bringing records and stuff so 
I mean, it's it's cool because once you get through the rock stuff, you can look around. And I found like a really rare Metallica record for like twenty five euros, which goes for about one hundred and thirty dollars. Um, but it was in like a jazz booth, hmm. so the guy was just like selling it because he was like just had it with him or whatever. So interesting. Um, so you can get lucky. Hmm. How do you go about pricing things? Do you go by Discogs, eBay? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, we usually try to look up the like if a record the lowest or the the lowest you could buy a copy for on Discogs is twenty. Like the most I would charge for it is like twenty four. So like or twenty three. So I I make up for sort of the money you would put into shipping on it. Um, I just like when I'm buying it, I make sure that I can make enough money to make the shop survive, you know. But sometimes, and I tell people all the time, like sometimes I'll buy a record for a bit just so I could sell it in the shop. Like it's cool to have the record in the shop, even if I'm not making much money on it, because sometimes I just like having really cool stuff in the shop, you know. Yeah, Where other places, else. exactly, you know. Like if I, I might only make like. $20 on a record if it costs like 200 bucks, but it's still cool to have that record in the shop. You know, we just had two original misfits in the shop and they both sold pretty quickly, you know? So like just having that stuff in the shop is really cool for, uh, just to have it up. And, and the other thing that's been really interesting about the shop is our Instagram. Um, I was literally yeah. just about to say oh, the really? people's reactions to your Instagram posts are priceless. I know it's really interesting. I mean, I guess I've just never like, I never thought that that would be such a vital part to this shop, you know? And I, and I guess it is, it's just like, it's interesting. Cause I have so many people tell me that, They've been following the Instagram for so long and they're excited to come to the shop or even I've, we've even met people who like live in New York and haven't been to the shop yet, but follow our Instagram pretty religiously. And I found that really interesting. Like, okay, I think that's cool. I think, you know, I, there are definite people who like maybe people who live locally who, when they see something they want, they reach out and be like, Hey, I'll come by tomorrow and pick this up. You know, I try to save all of our shop stuff for locals, you know, uh, and we're not doing mail order yet, which obviously pisses a lot of people off. Oh yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> But I mean, I think eventually down the line we'll do something where, you know, I just like to get, have the locals get their first crack at it. You know, if something's sitting in the shop for a while, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have a problem. I don't think sending it to someone down the line, but you know, it's just sort of like a lot of things that we post sell pretty quickly. You know, when we do really cool stuff, people are like, I think last week we posted five items and they were all gone by the end of the day. <laughs> Literally every single thing we posted, <laughs> like someone had either called or came in for it immediately. Wow. See, and that's the thing I've, I've found with Instagram. It's really good for record collectors and record stores, but it's also like in the same way that it's also become pretty good for like tattoo artists. It's like a good way to just market what you've got and what you can do and what you have to offer. It's wild. Yeah. I think, I think so too. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, it's, I guess it's just, I just didn't expect it to be as popular as it is or whatever. Um, Some folks on, on vinyl Instagram will nerd the fuck out when they see something that they've been looking for for a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we've had some things that people just like lose themselves over. You know, we we posted that 
glass jaw, like flexi mailed in box set thing. And people were just like hitting me up about it for weeks, you know? And I think what happened was somebody got a friend to come in and buy it for him. Um, but like that shit happens. Like once you put something crazy up, people are like, you know, and they tag their friends. I always see the, uh, someone tagging a, a friend who lives in New York going like, Hey, can you go grab yep. this for me or whatever? <laughs> yeah. I might actually start doing that with Jacqueline. I'm not joking. Smart. <laughs> no, smart. I mean, you, you can, can do that. I literally live like four blocks from the store. So you can yeah, absolutely exactly. do that. But it also, I'm sure it also reminds me of, um, that same podcast that I listened to you with how you had explosions in the skies, how strange innocence on your discogs for a while. And you just had to take it off of your discogs. So people would stop yeah. bugging you about it. Yeah. Like <laughs> stop asking me if I would, if I'd be willing to sell it. <laughs> so it's like, okay, sorry guys. This is, you know, I, I always imagine like, I, well, it's funny because I've done the same thing. I mean, there's literally been records that I've, that I've messaged every single person on Discogs asking if they would be willing to sell it. I've done it so many times. That's <laughs> like, amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. But I mean, usually it's only like no, zero shame. People. <coughs> yeah, zero absolutely. Shame. Zero shame. There's, there's two records that I get messaged about probably like once a month. And it's uh, Glockamora, uh, just married. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That one I get messaged because it was like the first one of the first presses or something. I don't think it was, it was even like the second press. It was not really like that special, but I got it for Brian for like his birthday one year. And because mm. they're not a band anymore, I get messaged all the time because they don't make that record. And then uh, Seawolf, uh, there's a ten inch that he put out like I don't know seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, sorry, my puppy's like knocking on the door trying to get in here. Um, oh. and I, I get messaged about that too. They're like, are you selling that? And I'm like, no, why would I, why does it look like I'm selling it? Yeah. Some people are just, some people just sell it cause they don't care that much about it. So they're like, you just hope that you get one of those people to be like, oh yeah, I don't really care about this. I got it, you know, I got it free from the band. I don't give a shit or whatever. I get that a lot when I reach out to people. So, I mean, they were like, there was a Juno 44 box set that had like, that only five people had on Discogs or something. And I would like message them once every six months asking them if they'd be willing to sell it yet. <laughs> and I would just offer them dumb amounts of money. Like I will give you $200 right now. Will you sell this for me? <laughs> Holy crap. Um, yeah, but the the crazy thing about it, that actually is someone from Canada. I don't know if he followed the podcast or Record Nerds, my other Instagram, but he knew I was looking for it. And he reached out and said, hey, I found that thing that you're looking for, the box set. Uh, can I bring it in and we can do a trade in the shop for credit? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and he... he he even told me he only paid 20 bucks for it. And I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, I will give you $200, like, flat out <laughs> worth of credit. I even traded on, like, two things for my own personal collection plus credit because I was looking for that box for, like, 10 years. But I was wow. like, you know, that's, you know. I mean, I always joke around that the store is actually just a facade for me to get the best record collection I could get. Like, it really is, like, I'm just using it as, like, a way to get every record I've ever wanted. 
<laughs> it's all just like a personal agenda. You just have like a straight up personal agenda. Like that's there's nothing to do with like connecting vinyl collectors. It's all to get the <laughs> most complete collection of all time. It's Absolutely. very self serving. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Absolutely. it's a total selfish thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've seen a little bit of like there's a, recently there's been like this this really young kid who's been coming in and he, he usually has about twenty bucks on him and he's like been buying 45s like one at a time and like he like i played like garden variety and promise ring for him and he was like wow this is great and then so then i played him like q and not you and a few you know and i'm like slowly getting him into all these bands and it's like totally corrupting the youth like one <laughs> 15 year old at a time it was really like awesome like he always like never has enough money and i'm just like no keep it these records are important i'm like this is gorilla biscuits you need to know this this is the minor threat of new york you need Aww. to own it or whatever yeah, You're like the older sweet. brother right now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never had a younger brother, so this is my opportunity. Oh, that's wonderful. The record store fun. is being very so wholesome. wholesome. <laughs> welcome, yeah. welcome to the the wholesome podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See. All right, we're gonna take a quick music break, and I'm gonna play three songs for you. Up next, we're gonna play the song "Miracle" by Churches, as well as "City Looks Pretty" by Courtney Barnett, and then the song "Geyser" by Mitski. Spoiler alert: We're about to talk about all these albums. And I need you to know I'm not asking for a miracle, but if love is enough, could you let it show? Could you let me know? If you feel it, could you let me know? 
All right, let's get back to this conversation with Jacqueline and Christian. Cool, making a quick transition. What are some new things we're listening to? Jacqueline, do you want to get started? Christian, do you want to get started? Uh, Jacqueline, you go first. Okay. Um, well, I I was not expecting to like the Now Now record, but I like it a Same. lot. Um, and I just to, I'm going to run through these really quick. So Mitski's new album I'm really excited about, and that new song is amazing, and she is so talented, and we, just, we don't deserve her. Um, World's Greatest Dad, Get Well Soon, that album's pretty good. I've been seeing a lot of people post about that. Varsity... Parallel Person, Babe City Records put that out. Been jamming that a lot. And Ovlop is back. And I'm super excited about that. They have an album called True coming out. Um, and they had a new song called Sprite. And yeah, that's out. And then a little plug for the label, 6131 is putting out Late Bloomers record. They're a band from North Carolina. And it's called Waiting. And their new song, Heaven, mm-hmm. is very good. So just a just a little plug. Oh yeah, I have that in my I have that in my cart to purchase this week, hopefully. But uh, I I really like the new Now Now album. I'm kind of skipping ahead, but I can also go next. So um, I really like that Now Now album, and I didn't expect to. A same. Um, I it's wild to me to see how big they've gotten in a certain scene because I remember when I was working at. Oregon State University's newspaper and I got this CD and the album was called Cars by Now Now Every Children and I was like what the hell is this name so I gave it to my buddy Alex and I was like hey I listened to like a couple of the songs and I was like hey this sounds like music you would prefer because at the time I was definitely only listening to metal and I was like here you might dig this more and then he metal or butt rock metal because I was in a metal band at the time. So, We've already gone on the just to cl- I just wanted to clarify for everybody listening. <laughs> were you stoked We've gone, that we've I, gone down the butt rock Were hole. you stoked that I snuck a Taproot song at the end of that episode a couple months ago? <laughs> Whoa. I just heard it and I was like, all right, well, we're done listening now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I handed it to my buddy and I was like, hey, check this out. And then he reviewed it and has like kept in touch with the band <laughs> up until now. And it's just wild to like, see how much they've changed and evolved. And I really dig the album. Um, in a similar vein, I really like the new churches album, a band that actually had to grow on me for a while, but I like it a bit. Love is dead is what it's called. Um, I know, uh, I'm going to probably get a lot of hate, but I really like the new Post Malone album. And uh, I did not expect that. I do enjoy it, mostly when I'm at the gym, because I don't even know why. He does look goofy. I don't understand him. He does look goofy. He confuses me, yeah. He confuses quite a bit. Like, I don't understand, like, Cardi B at all. I don't either. Like, I've... I've tried really. I'm like, okay, everyone like loves this. Why is why does everyone love it? And I've actually given it a lot of effort. And I'm like, I just don't get it. Same thing with Post Malone. I listen to one song. I didn't really give a lot of effort to that, but because I was just like, who's this weirdo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But everybody loves him. He's one of he's one of five artists with a song that has over a billion streams on Spotify. So Jesus. that's ridiculous. That's so stupid. Yeah. Why? Do- 
why don't a billion people listen to Julian Baker? Why don't a billion people listen to Tancred? Why don't a billion people listen to Touche? You know what I'm saying? Like it's yep. it's, a, it's a frustrating situation. That's all. Yeah, Internet. but you know what? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. If a billion people listened to those bands, it would break your heart because you wouldn't be able to see them in small venues anymore. You know, like there's something about the mass taking your favorite artist and not making it intimate between you that between you and them anymore. You mm-hmm. know, there is something to be said. Like I've seen bands that i've loved that i would see in small venues blow up Mm -hmm. like you know i saw the mars volta play in a really tiny room you know and like knowing that once they opened up for the red hat chili peppers i was never going to see them in a big band in a small venue anymore you know so like there is something about like me saying like i wish that for the band like i wish that they would be great and get all the recognition in the world but in the same i'm selfish a little bit when it comes to my favorite music because i would lose it you know i'd be bummed i mean imagine never seeing julian baker again in a small venue no well i mean she played one of my clients so i don't know if that's ever gonna be happening (laughs) yeah yeah. well maybe maybe not her well, and like, for example, with her, like she played Boston Calling this weekend. So did Manchester Orchestra. And I played a gig with Julian that had like 60 or 70 people at it. Tiny, small thing playing in front of thousands of people this weekend. I went to yeah. a gig with Manchester Orchestra. I went to a Manchester Orchestra gig in 2007 in Minneapolis. There were 24 people there. They just played Boston Calling in front of tens of thousands of people. Like, that's yeah. so ridiculous to me that just a little bit of exposure can explode a band. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's I mean, so there's the right manager. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely, you know, there's so many factors that go into that sort of thing. I, I mean, like, I don't think a lot of those bands would survive a billion streams. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's like that sort of fame gets to someone. You know, yeah. I think like on that size, it's crazy pants. One, well, you know, especially with such a young, like Post Malone's twenty two or twenty three, like he's yeah. still figuring out life, and he's already covered in tattoos. And like yeah. I'm covered in tattoos, but I've taken some time <laughs> to do it. Uh- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's just. And, uh, I, I kind of picture him doing what a bunch of guys do, just blacking out arms eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you also didn't name your record Beer Bongs and Bentleys. Bentleys. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, there's still time. So I'm going to put out a record. Maybe I'll call it something similar. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. I'll keep my fingers crossed for that. <laughs> you could you could play at the shop if you like before you get big. Yeah, maybe. Might have to do that. Um, okay, I'll, ke- I'll keep that in mind when I'm blowing up. <laughs> okay, please do. Um, so, we were here first. Remember that. Exactly. Uh, a couple other things that I'm enjoying a lot. Uh, kind of fall in the, like, I don't know, shoegazy-ish um, realm. I'm really, really big fan of the new Soft Kill album from Portland, Oregon. That album yeah, is. I like that. I like that album also. Savior, I think, is what it's called. It is yeah. so good, and I got into an argument with one of my buddies over the uh, like last week about how he's kind of sick of a bunch of bands sounding like Joy Division and The Cure, and I'm like, eh, it's kind of a timeless sound though. So <laughs> if it works, don't break. Like, don't try. If it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of that album. Um, yeah, I like that record too. 
really dig the new uh, Air Formation album, a little bit grungier shoegaze, and then Pink Shiny Ultra Blast, a little bit more atmospheric shoegaze-ish stuff. Um, And then I really like the new Ezra Furman album. Um, uh, it's called Transangelic Exodus, and I first heard of Ezra on the Chris Gethard show a couple weeks ago, but is a trans uh, performer and puts on what looked like a fucking fun gig, and uh, the album is just queer as queer as hell, and I I, I love it a lot. Um, queer as folk. Yeah, queer as folk. And then uh, I've been listening to a lot of really chill step stuff because I've been writing a book. I know, uh, annoying, but I've been writing a book and chill step stuff helps. So I've been listening to like a bunch of EPs from like Chief and L1 and Lungfuls. Um, Just a bunch of nice jazzy beats, kind of like Flying Lotus-ish kind of stuff. So that's what I've been listening to. Awesome. Um, you, Christian? I don't have a ton on my list, but uh, I like the the Fiddlehead record. Yeah, uh, that's probably yeah. close to some of you guys. I'm into that record a lot. Um, I absolutely am obsessed with the Shame record. Ooh, that yeah. um, that record is so good. I played in the shop all the time. I saw it's it like at Newberry the, Comics today, and I was thinking about it. <sighs> it's so good. I would sort of like. I that's it's like right in my my sweet spot right now. Like. I love the new Parquet Courts record, mm-hmm. and I love the new Proto Martyr EP. At least the track that I heard, like I kind of love that sound a lot. That sort of like post Gang of Four, post punk, with a little bit of like Brit British influence there. I love that stuff right now. Um, uh, I love the Parquet Courts record. I love the Proto Martyr song with Kelly Deal that they just released from the Breeders. Yeah. Um, I like the new Courtney Barnett record, yeah. which uh, I just got. I thought that was really good. Um, I, I've sort of like slowly, you know, I think I slowly end up liking more and more of her stuff. Um, on the hip hop side, uh, I love the JPEG Mafia record. Mm. Do you guys know this one? Mm-mm. He's like, he's I a weird the name. dude. <laughs> yeah, he's a, I mean, imagine if Death Grips were a little bit more melodic and they could rap better. Like, oh. it's a, it's sort of like dissonant and glitchy um, and abrasive, but I think, but he can rhyme real well. So it's, it's, it's an interesting take on everything. Um, he just put a record out. I think Pitchfork gave it a really high review. Um, so I'm excited to get the vinyl release of that, but I've been streaming it quite a bit. Um, I've, I've got the new Sleep record. Um, oh yeah, and I like that. Yeah, um, I yeah, that's it. it. I mean, yet. that's what I've been. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I've been playing in the shop mostly. You know, I'm, um, there's a few records that I'm waiting to come in that I'm going to spend some time with. Um, but I'm still waiting for the pre-orders to come in. So, but there's, but that's it. I think maybe those. Definitely the Shame record. If you guys don't know about that, you should check it out. They, they're really young dudes they're probably from probably like 19 or 20 or something like that but they're making some great music out of the uk oh yeah and i i came across i came across that album at the beginning of the year because it came out in like january and yeah yeah um it's called songs of praise Praise? yeah songs of praise and i it's definitely one of those um i don't know kind of post-punky kind of sounds that's um, 
also has a lot of abrasiveness that can be off-putting to some people. But for me, it's like, I like this (laughs) because not everything sounds the same. And they're like at least trying to show that there's a little bit of room for making a different sound here. And I really dig it. It's funny, like from song to song, it changes a little bit. Like there's some songs where they sound like Gang of Four, and then some songs are almost Brit poppy. It's got like an Oasis feel to it, like when they're being extra melodic. Um, and then sometimes they're just like, they're really abrasive, like brain bombs or something without like the really awful lyrics. But it's like, it feels really sort of abrasive yeah. in a way. But, but I like I like it a lot. I, I Everyone I've played it for in the shop has loved it. I think we have a copy right now, but um, it's great. It's really a great record. It's a it's a driving record for me. I like throwing it on um, when I'm driving around. Because if uh, yeah, someone makes- comes up to me at a red light and my windows are down, I'm just like, what? <laughs> Don't look at me. Also, a little bit of Boston might be rubbing off on me in that sense. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because <laughs> people don't really drive in New York, so... Yeah, I'm never, uh, yeah, I don't get to, I mean, I probably drive once a month, so I'm never really looking for driving music. But also, that's the other reason I never listen, I never hear the radio. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm often so unaware of, like, radio music. Same. You know, people talk, like, they're literally, literally, like, pop stars I've never heard before in my life. Yeah. Because I just not, not because I'm too cool, mm-hmm. I'm just never near a radio. The only know? time I see it is when it pops up in, like, spotify's like new releases like the Mm -hmm. first few rows are things like i don't know what this is let me scroll down (laughs) yeah i mean i don't like i do streaming through google but like i like i never have an opportunity to hear that stuff you know people i'm not like i ain't even trying to be too cool you know i just don't have the opportunity to hear it yeah i'm always like instead of like uh driving music i'm always listening like looking for walking music Hmm. in subway music I know yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people I know that, because everyone obviously, when they're walking or commuting, they listen to stuff. A lot of people listen to podcasts. And to me, I tried doing that and it, it it works sometimes, but I get so like inside my head and in my thoughts and like when I'm on the train and stuff and I just like, I end up missing half of an episode because yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, like thinking about something else. And that's why I like the, I like music more because like, if I'm listening to the Paramore album for the one billionth time, then I'm not going to miss anything because <laughs> yeah. I've already heard it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I do. Th- I do that with work a lot. I'll find sort of like a little bit more instrumental or ethereal music to play while I'm working, so I'm not like constantly distracted. You know, like I can't listen to like hip hop or folk music because like that's the only two genres that I pay attention to. Sort of lyrics. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I have a tendency to be like, if I hear if hip hop is on, I'm listening to what they're saying. If it's folk music, I feel the same way. But if it's like regular, mu- like just music, any other music, I, I'm not listening. So, it, that's sort of how I can do instrumental music. I'll listen to like a Caspian or a Rosetta or a Pelican or, you know, mm-hmm. like those bands that are like super instrumental because that's so helpful for me to get work done oh, yeah. you know or even psych rock now because psych rock does that a lot where it's like 20 minute songs there's not a lot of vocals or whatever mm. oh, yeah, like i get shit point. done yeah so yeah you, i like, should try that because not- i like the um i don't know what it is about there are certain albums that 
are just good albums, but they like for some reason they just put me into a zone. And they're not like instrumental. They're not like you know chill beats or anything like that. It's like Chelsea Wolfe's like Pain Is Beauty. Like yeah. that album for some reason has for the since it came out has just put me into a zone, and I just like get so much done throughout the course yeah, of that album. And absolutely, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I there's a band that I love from a. Uh, from Arizona called the mirrors, but it's M Y R R O S. And they do this really sort of atmospheric psych rock stuff with a little bit of like, I don't know if it's like native American or Spanish or Italian or something in woven into the music quite a bit. Um, but it's like the perfect music to put on and just like not hear it, but hear it, you know, like 20 minute songs where it's just like, there's a lot of going on and it gets busy, but not busy enough where it takes away from what you're doing. Like, yeah, they have, they have a new record coming out too, which is on the label beyond beyond is beyond. Um, they always make, really good stuff. wait, the what? Yeah. Is that the name beyond. of the label? Beyond. The label is beyond beyond is beyond. Um, they did like uh, they had the mirrors on there. They've uh, they're just like a psych rock label. Um, it's it's out in New York City. The guy Mike who runs it's a really sweet dude, and he's been putting out some really. He put out the band the Heaters um, and okay. Mirrors and a few other of these like sort of like neo psych rock bands. And they're pretty good. Check it out. Dang. Dang. Dang, but put on the mirrors if you ever just want to not think. That sounds great. Because I'm always, yeah, like, was, I'm always looking for writing pothead. music, so I need yeah, yeah. music for writing. If I was a pothead, I would be like, smoke a joint and, and let's do it, but I don't smoke, so. <laughs> See, that's how I feel like um, when I first started getting into like Mogwai and a bunch of bands like that. A bunch of the yeah, guys yeah. that I was in a band with in college would like do a bunch of salvia and listen to mogwai and i would just be sitting there like this is great without that (laughs) y'all must be seeing some shit (laughs) all right here we go three more songs some of the somewhat heavier stuff on the list this week here comes heaven from late bloomer as well as dancing on glass by soft kill and rizla by shame Life passes by like a parade of traveling performers or a brand new pop sensation. A book for middle-aged sinners and all of us are gonna die. No sense in dressing.
right, let's get back to the conversation with Christian and Jacqueline. Y'all, let's talk some more about some record stores. Uh, what makes a good store? It's a tough question. It's an easy question, but it's a tough question. It always starts with inventory, right? It has to just have good stuff to begin with, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. Oh, oh a Jacqueline? I mean, yes and yes, yes. But it also, like, I'm, I have a thing for, like, cleanliness. Like, I like clean stores. Mm. Um, I like stores that don't smell like someone died in them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like stores that are well organized. No matter, even if, even if the inventory is, like, meh. As long as it's well organized and I can find what I'm like, what I think I'm looking for or whatever, I can go to a section and, and kind of camp out. But I mean, inventory is, is a lot of it for sure, but it's not like my, num- I don't, th- I don't know. I don't think it's like my number one thing. I like friendly staff too. Like I like, I'm not really into like the curmudgeon people who run the stores and they're like, <laughs> they're like dang kids and their vinyl records they don't want to come in here and they're buying all the new records it's like i'm giving you my money like just like take my money and be nice to me it's like some tattoo shops too Uh, yeah oh tattoo shops are the worst about that it's there's a place in uh i think in brooklyn called be nice tattoos where everyone's like like super nice and i'm thinking about going there and i'm like that's terrible that there has to be a shop named that because tattoo shops are infamously they're just filled with assholes (laughs) But yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird. It's weird to me that like, you know what I, I mean? I, I've come to the conclusion that like most stores where the owner isn't really involved in the day to day is when you have people who work there who don't give a fuck if you buy the record and then will turn their nose up to your taste. You know, like mm. that was always my big problem is like I'd come in and like, you know, like, don't hate me because I have shitty taste, you know? Like, I'm still trying to buy something from your shop. Yeah. You know? And, like, if somebody came in my shop looking for terrible shit, I'd be like, listen, I'm not into it. But if we had it, I'd, you know, like, gladly talk to you about it. Like, I don't have the best taste in the world, you know? But it's like, if the owner isn't involved, they don't have a stake in whether or not the shop does well, besides just keeping a job, you know? Yeah. And I think that, like... So, I mean, like, I'm the same way. I really need someone to be friendly. And, like, if I go to a shop and someone's an asshole to me, I'll just leave. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. straight up just leave. I was at Long in the Tooth in Philadelphia, and the guy, like, literally came over and told me to, like, he was so super condescending. He was like, okay, can you just uh, be a little bit more careful with these records? Kind of put them the way you found them. And I was like, uh, okay, bye. <laughs> I, I, just, I just left. I was like, I'm out. Um, good. Yeah, that has something. I, I like cleanliness also. I think that's a big point. Like, a really good point. Oh, I can tell, like, the moment I walk, like, we'll walk into stores. I'll go out of my way to find a record shop if I'm in, like, a new town or something. And, like, I'll get really bummed when I walk in and be like, oh, this is gross. Or yeah. it's just, like, yeah. super unorganized. Or I can tell it's legitimately just one of those jazz record shops. Like, I'm not shitting on jazz. But, like, if yeah, no. all that's in the shop is jazz, I'm like, okay, I went out of my way for this. Kind of bummed right now. <laughs> yeah, There's, that's happened um, to me so many times. <laughs> yeah, so I was just going to say that just happened to me, uh, like, t- 
back in April, the beginning of April, we went to Detroit for um, a friend of mine's wedding. And we were like, okay, let's go to these three record shops. They come up first on Google. Let's just pop around to see what we can get. And um, first of all, one of them was like a pop-up shop. And we, we didn't even know. It said like the address was there, but it was like the place was under construction. And it was difficult to find it. Anyway, the other two places, one was okay, but the other one. One second. How's your dog doing? He was he was scratching at the door, so I had to pick him up and say hello. This is Jameson. <laughs> you, can, you can't really see him because he's like so black, but darkness. <laughs> oh, he's uh, sniffing the microphone. <laughs> but I went to one in Detroit, and it was like mainly it was mainly jazz, and it was kind of like disappointing. But like, I, obviously, it's kind of like one of their things. Yeah. So I definitely get that. No, yeah, and I, I, I'm a big like I'm a big stickler for like I like walking into a store and people actually acknowledging that I came into their store. Yeah, um, I'm fine if the people working there aren't necessarily like checking in with you or anything like that. But like if if I at least yeah. have a question or something, I dig when they're like responsive and helpful. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of issues with people being condescending, but um, I have had to help. <laughs> Maybe I'm just, I have one of those appearances, but I've been mistook many times for someone that works in a record store, like while just looking around the record store. <laughs> There's this <laughs> shop in Portland, Oregon um, called Second Ave, and Every time I go in there, someone's like, hey, do you uh, know if you have this record? And I'm like, I mean, I don't work here, but I can help you find it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, you should ask for a percentage of the bo- of the sale. <laughs> yeah. You should. So when I, and I, yeah. I mean, I'm obnoxious, so I will yell something like that. I'm like, hey, uh, I got the commission on this one. Uh, yeah. Me right here. No big deal. <laughs> I help guy. that person out. Yeah, I hope this I hope this lady find this Kanye West record. <laughs> she just had to look under Kanye West in the hip hop section. Um, how speaking of organization, hip hop sections, what kind of organization do you look for in a record store? I mean, I think the my biggest no no, to be honest with you, is just the the places that mix new and used together hmm. like that just drives me bonkers. Why like is that? if, because I can't, cause I'm not there to buy new records. I'm never there to buy new records. I don't buy new records at a record shop. I buy used records. I buy secondhand records at record shops, you know, I, cause everyone does mail order now for like and pre-orders and like, I buy everything I need online except for the stuff that I'm looking for that's used or secondhand, you know? Um, so I don't ever look for new new records in a record shop. I just don't do it. I mean, unless it's like a turntable lab or, or a rough trade where they do like limited exclusives, you know, like besides that, I'm not going to look for new records in the shop. So I want them to keep that very separate, you know? I don't need to to look through the new records. So, and also I would like like a new arrivals that's updated pretty quickly. That'd be helpful. I mean, honestly, what I missed and I wish a record store would do is like have 
a contemporary section or an indie an indie section or whatever you want to call it like just something that represents ind- independent music you know it's like because i go to those shops and if it's like just rock yeah like it's everything from like bob seger to fucking yeah you know Abba, and you're like exactly <laughs> and it's like what the fuck i can't like there's no way i'm gonna find what i'm looking for in this you know like i don't want to look through you know 400 super tramp records to get to the one you know swizz record or whatever it may be you know what i mean like it's just that's the sort of categorization that drives me insane is when it's not really it's not put into you know it's not put into the right category or whatever i get really annoyed like when i because like i know that like genres mean different things to different people but like uh, if I go into a store and they're like, oh, you know, we have all of these records, awesome records, and, like, everything is, like, nicely organized, but then I get to, like, go to a genre, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm in emo, or and I'm I'm in indie rock, and I look in there, and it's, like, not emo or not indie rock. I'm not going to give an example because I don't want to piss anyone off, but, <laughs> you know, because it is a touchy subject, but, and it, like I said, it's different for everybody, but when I see things that are, like, so blatantly not that genre, I get really annoyed um, because yeah. it's, like, if I'm this person and I'm looking for this specific, or even if it is the thing I'm looking for, I'm like, wow, I would have never looked in here for this particular item. Yeah, or, or you know what happens a lot is the... Um... I go to the punk section and it's just like everything pre 83. Like it's just Adam and the ants and Elvis Costello. And (laughs) you know, like what, you know, it's what other people considered punk. Like there's no, nothing new in there. It's like anything, it's all like pre 1983, you know, (laughs) which is like fine, but that's like, I know they're not going to have anything. Like, honestly, when I go in a store, like they'll be like, are you looking for something? I'm like, just show me a record, a used record that's been made in the last 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, where, where's that music? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm buying, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think when I, I opened up the shop, I just wanted a shop that specialized in music that's new without it being new records. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, it's so weird that, like, people recognize that there's this new generation of record collectors, but nobody's, like, aiming towards them, you know? And well, it's not there's like I a huge it. generational rift there because there's a lot because like I see it a lot, especially on like record store day lines. And like this last year, like Joey and I were like second and third in line at this Newberry Comics. And we're talking with like these a lot of these older collectors that record store day more panders to them than anyone else yeah. because people yeah, still aren't in that shift of uh, the biggest people buying records right now are younger folks. And they're still not pandering to that demographic, but we'll hear these like older guys talk and they're talking about getting like their 25th pressing of whatever Elton John record or whatever. What's ridiculous is like, you're exactly right. There's like a whole other level of collector these days. And yet like stores still don't seem to be like anywhere near like trying to reach that demographic it doesn't feel like at least yeah it's like they don't even there's like you know think about labels like 6131 and top shelf and run for Mm -hmm. cover and no sleep and these labels that are like putting out all this like really limited pressing stuff and like what what 
like what shops like care about that stuff do any of them you know what i mean like and when they do it's like a, a tiny tiny section you know and you're like you're dealing with what you know younger people are into like this these are the most popular things that are happening right now it's weird to me that like like nobody can see that happening for some reason like why wouldn't you say like oh just because you know i guess we just care only care about drake you know or whatever i think that's why i'm kind of thankful that i'm around a whole bunch of like newbury comics and i know that it's still like more of a like a new england chain but they're they do a lot of exclusives that are very cool and like a lot of the newer ish stuff and they still even revamp some older things like they like shortly after my dad died they repressed marty robbins's gun gunfighter ballads on like this wonderful pressing and that was my dad's favorite record and i bought a dollar copy of it a couple days before he died in salem oregon and like it was like a huge weird serendipitous thing that they're like doing a lot of those cool pressings for definitely playing toward the newer um collectors yeah and um is 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 newberry your your favorite record store of all time no you no, think? no 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 um i mean i enjoy it and i i worked for their warehouse for a little while and they took care of they take care of their people generally um which is why i still support them but for me um my uh my favorite record stores um are kind of scattered throughout the country i really I kind of cherish any time we get to go to Wisconsin and that might be a weird thing and probably the only time that's ever been said on this podcast, but I cheer <laughs> Katie's from Wisconsin. Um, but I love going to Wisconsin because they have exclusive company there and those stores are fucking cool because the people who run it, I think 100% understand how to price especially new vinyl. They're not like trying to upsell it. They're not trying to like fuck anyone over They're They're pricing things, what they should be priced. And so, because I mean, I've pressed a record. I know how much it costs to press a record and how much you can sell it to still make a little bit of money. And they're not like trying to make a shit ton of money. They're trying to like sell records for people who want to buy records. And um, their yeah. use section is always something that we spend a lot of time thumbing through. Like Katie will typically do a run through all their used stuff and then I'll do a quick run to see if there was anything that they missed. But we end up always having a pretty big stack that we have to like narrow down (laughs) when we go there. But I love exclusive company. And then back home in Oregon, uh, one of my favorites is uh, Music Millennium. And the main reason I love Music Millennium is everyone there typically has a pretty good idea of of what's going on in the music scene outside of the Drakes and the Cardi B's and stuff. So it's nice to like get their, uh, their advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here in, here in New England, I really love uh, Armageddon and Bull Moose. Those are great yeah. record stores. That's funny. I, I, I've been buying from Bull Moose for years, but I've never actually been in one They're before. Cool. Yeah. I mean, they, the guy, obviously he started yeah. record store day, right? The guy from yeah. Bull Moose. I mean, they obviously have a pretty good, like, finger on the pulse of, like, what people are into, and they have a pretty wide selection. Like, as far as, like, what seems like a chain, that them and Newberry are, like, pretty up there. And Rough Trade, too, are, like, 
where if I was going to buy new stuff, that's probably where I buy my new stuff from is Rough Trade and Newberry and Bull Moose. Like literally those are the Mm -hmm. three. Okay, one last music break and then we'll wrap all this up. Coming up next, yours by Now Now, Cough from World's Greatest Dad, and then Wide Awake from Parquet Courts. conversation home and end it on a high note um i also love hmv hmm. in tokyo oh. which is like you'd be surprised like how much shit you find in, in those hmvs they're like i found so much so many cool things in hmvs in tokyo hmm. um i uh, i found a i found a big l 
you know, the rapper Big L who was killed like 100 years ago. I found a signed Big L record in Japan for 40 bucks. <laughs> Holy and I was shit. like, he's dead. How is this not $200? Holy crap. I don't get it. That's wild. Yeah, and it was signed by Big L. I mean, th- like, you know, there's also a few shops. Um, there's a really cool cassette slash record shop in Tokyo called Waltz. Uh, you can follow them on Instagram. They like their shop is like a museum. They have all like original Sony cassette players and Walkmans and like really cool. The whole place just looks like it's never like Jacqueline. You would love it. It's like the cleanest, but you could like eat it off the floor. And that place wow. is crazy. It's really I love that. Like, it's like honestly, you you can't find a shop that's cleaner. Um, it, uh, my favorite shop, and it probably always will be in the states, is Double Decker in um, in uh, Lehigh near Lehigh in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. They just they their pricing is is unreal, and that their stock is just untouchable. I've never seen anyone have so, like. I'm constantly amazed by the records they get in that shop. It's like, it's just beyond. You know, one day, I for one week straight, they posted 15 to 20 rare UK-only Beatles records. Like, 20 copies of the same record. Every day, it was a different one. And I'm like, where the fuck did you get 15 copies of Abbey Road, like, UK press? Like, And then, like, they'll have, like, 10 records in a row of original minor threat first press they they had a sealed tool anima last week or something Jeez. for and that was yeah a sealed Gosh. one like it's easy their collection is really amazing it just follow them on instagram a little Lord, bit I'm of our it. shop is, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, is a little homage to double decker because they won't do mail order mm. either so they've made like They've made something out of like making people go to their shop, and I love that shop. And Jamie's been running it for years, and he like was a really big record collector. That's how he funded the shop, and he actually bought a home when he sold all his records and stuff. So, like, I, I really love that shop. And anyone who doesn't follow him on Instagram should. It's it's really amazing. Their their collection is really, ma- and he prices stuff very very reasonable. More like I it's hard for me to understand how he survives and, and prices everything. But, uh, he's a really, it's a really love great it. job. They follow no one, no mail order, yeah. no holds. <laughs> and they still like kill it every week. It's crazy. And this stuff they get is really unreal. What were you saying, Jacqueline? Oh, uh, no, I was just, I was you, making sure I was looking at the same one. And, and when you said they're not following anyone, I was like, yep, I'm like not the right one. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, if you if you go back, just like even a few, probably like two weeks or something, um, you'll see that they're like the collection and stuff that they sell there is like it's kind of like no other, um, you know. Just like within the first six pictures, they have an original Kill 'Em All, an original Green River. Uh, they have a Black Flag test press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did what you see the fuck? Block? It was two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> uh what's the fallout boy the pack oh, that, that record that they yeah. which we have a copy um, of it sundays. we got it for 12 dollars. Oh, really? <laughs> that is not a bad steal at all they have a, a misfits on on red rollins they must have just got a metal collection it's really crazy and like you could go back weeks and weeks and they just always have amazing yes. stuff Jacqueline, do you have a favorite store 
or stores that you like to go to other than limited to one? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it was like, there's there's one store that's by my house that I go to pretty often. It's owned by this guy. It's called Limited One. Um, so I go to Limited One way too often, but I also really love Rough Trade. Um, I'm there pretty frequently just because I'm in Brooklyn a lot. I also, when I'm in Boston, I always go to Armageddon yeah. Shop because... I they also take a lot of my money, um, and then when we lived in D.C., we had uh, two record stores that we went to pretty frequently. One was called Crooked Beat. I totally forget the guy who runs the store, but um, he was really good. He's really good at like curating a nice collection and kind of a nice like in between of like new and used. I Christian, you probably wouldn't like it too much because he does mix in new and used. He oh. has like, a section for like just arrived. But there are okay. a lot of things that are, like, mixed in that are new and used. Um, and then there was an, another shop called Smash Records. And they really tailored to, like, pure, like, DIY and, like, punk. Um, so Brian always did really well when we went there. And then um, here in, in New York, I also, for used records, if I'm, like, on the hunt for something very specific that's older that I definitely wouldn't find, like, online in good condition um i just try to like peruse this place called academy records which is like down the street yeah. um I, lo- I like academy yeah I like, Acad- I like academy at oak um which is the one in greenpoint i don't know if you've been there a lot but oh, they have the, a really good wall is that the academy annex yes yes yeah because there's like academy lps academy uh records and cds that one's near yes. me and then there's yeah, Academy the, Annex, which is the Greenpoint one. Yeah, the the one on 18th Street, believe it or not, is actually not related. It's not owned by the same people who own the other two. Oh, that's it's like funny. A different, it's a different academy. But I think it originally was owned by the same person, but then they got bought out. So they specialize in like classical and jazz. But when you go there, occasionally they have some really good stuff that like since most of their clientele is like jazz people, like they'll have a really good punk or like metal record that will just sit on the wall forever because they don't get the people who want that stuff. So sometimes going to Academy on 18th street, you should check it out. I've gotten some really good stuff from there. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. I'll have to go to, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, that's good. I just, I was going to shout out, um, one more shop in New York, which is a material world. Uh, which oh, is now, that's on know. my to visit list. Yeah, it's a it's a good shop, and you know they don't have they have a lot of like new stuff. Um, so I don't end up buying a ton from them. But like, if you're into like some really like like good punk and weird dark goth stuff or synth stuff or metal stuff, they carry a lot of really good new independent stuff. Um, it's a for fans of Joy Division would love that shop a lot. Um, it's it's pretty gothy, but it's an awesome shop. And uh, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I once found a, a black metal cassette that had my name on it. And I don't know why, but I bought a black metal cassette with my last name on it. Because <laughs> I guess my last name means death or sorrow in Italian or something. Sick. So. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty That's freaking brutal. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been to Vinyl Fantasy in Brooklyn? Uh, I went once before they moved. Um, I, I don't know much about it. I just know that... Uh, the girl who runs it's pretty popular on the Instagrams, but I don't really. I haven't been to the shop. It's kind of like out of the way. Yeah, because um, it's like it's like on the way to Bushwick, basically. 
Yeah, yeah. Have you been? No, I was asking. I was just asking if you have gone. I have like a list of places that I like are to, my two visit list. So like, I want to go to the Turntable Lab Store. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Good Records. Have you been there? Yeah, Good is really great. I mean, I don't know if they have. They don't have a ton of indie stuff, um, but they do have like a pretty good used. Uh, Hip, they have an amazing used hip hop section and soul and funk and dance. Um, and occasionally they'll have some good like punk come in there. But they've actually been one of the only stores that have been like re- them and Human Head have like have sent people our way. And it's really nice of them to do that. I, I send people to good records all the time um, if they come in looking for like stuff that we don't carry. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, there's a, yeah. like a lot of record stores that I, like are on my list that I just haven't gotten around to going to. And um, yeah, I just yeah, I mean, I, I guess like when I go to a certain record store, I if I go there for the first time, I'm kind of just feeling it out, and I have zero intention of actually buying anything unless yeah, it's sense. somewhere that I'm visiting and I'm like going in there with the intention of hopefully finding something yeah. and maybe leaving. Yeah, exactly. But I definitely like. Like your store, when I first went in there, I was like, this is a really cool concept. I'm sure I will find something that I like. But I was still like feeling it out. And I was like, I don't want to spend too much money. And then I saw the prices and I was like, woof. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I try to go into a store and just like feel, like, feel it out first before I drop some cash. Because sometimes I can go a little ham, as Christian knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when I typically go into a new shop or if I'm like traveling and checking stuff out, I'm really only looking for stuff that I know I can't get here in Boston. So it's like something it's like something I don't see every day or like if it's like the first time I've seen it and I don't know if I'm going to see it again kind of thing. Um, that's when I typically will. Or if I'm in some sale bins and I can't pass up a certain purchase or whatever. And then like when you're traveling, it, you have to decide if you can fit it in your luggage or you have to ship it home. So, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's important. I always like some, not always, but like a lot of times if I go somewhere, I'll, I'll ask for local indie music or I'll say like, tell me something I can't find in New York Mm -hmm. and then I'll try to get you know like when I went to New Orleans like I got a lot of suggestions of like bands that were local that were putting stuff out and I found a a few cool things from that nice well I mean like there's obviously like when you travel abroad I'm definitely like way more picky about um what I pick up but I we were over we were in Glasgow on record store day and like I, th- I think at Christian, I told you this that I got like an original Spice Girls pressing. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. Spice Girls! <laughs> and I like I picked it up and I was like, oh my god! And Lorenzo's like, are you gonna get that? And I was like, yeah, like how could I not get it? <laughs> so it absolutely like made my entire like that entire day. It was awesome. And then we saw Haley Hendrix perform oh. in the store. So it was just like a beautiful day. It was wonderful. She's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Which, thank you for bringing her into my life. Oh, I'm happy to to share her talents with everyone because she's just so. She just has like a beautiful voice. She's so. She seems like a wonderful person. I mean, being from Oregon, she has to be. She was, well, yeah. I mean, she was just very gracious and very sweet, and like I had never seen her live, so I was like, oh, it's so like you know weird and serendipitous. But seeing her in Glasgow just like do a little set and it was so nice hell yeah for like Filipino women in folk like oh not a terribly common thing (laughs) yeah 
she's yeah she's just like she's stupid talented it's awesome i i that was a great performance anyway so yeah i mean going into new record stores it's always like hard to like decide like what you actually want to get when we went into a store i think i was telling i think i told garth about this at limited to one about this story that when we went to a store in edinburgh this guy who was running the shop middle-aged and he was like cranky or something he called he didn't get a phone call brian and i were the only people in the shop he called his boss to tell him that he was doing a bad job and that he doesn't know how to manage his store and brian and i were like oh my god like this is the most uncomfortable i've ever been and i was like but I really want to buy this Veruca Salt 7-inch. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I, like, put my stuff down. Like, my, I had a water bottle. And I put the two 7-inches that I had. There's a Joy Division 7-inch. And I just put them there so I could continue looking. And, like, he gave me, like, a nasty look for, like, putting my stuff down. So that I didn't... I was like, I just didn't want to spill water on his stuff. Yeah. And so he was just, like, was... I don't know. It was like the most interesting thing. I'm like, I don't know why I'm still buying these seven inches from you. Only probably because I really want these seven inches. <laughs> like you're lucky that I'm buying them from you. Oh, and man. they were really inexpensive. But yeah, I mean, that was like a crazy situation. Cause he was like, you're just not good. Like you just like, don't have everything scheduled properly. I'm not doing this again. And it was like right before Easter. He's like, I'm not working on Easter. It was like, where are we right now? Wow. <laughs> That's wild. So crazy. And the place was called Unknown Pleasures, which was like mm. why we went there. I was like, oh, cool. It's, it's a record store. I don't know how they're getting away with it, but still not it's the wildest. Store. It's still not the wildest uh, name of for a record store I've ever been in, uh, which will for always be in Columbus, Ohio, and that is Magnolia Thunder Pussy. Oh, I've actually been in that shop. Yep. That sounds like a cool wow, shop. It's actually a pretty good shop. <laughs> Magnolia Thunder Pussy. It's a fantastic name for a shop that's like right next to uh, the Ohio State. <laughs> there's there's a really good punk shop in Toronto called Faith Void. After the like famous Discord record, that was a Faith Void split. And their shop is called Faith Slash Void Shop. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that's so weird to like name your band after. I mean, name your shop after a record, which is like a split yeah. record. But <laughs> it's, it's a pretty punk rock shop. It's cool. very specific. Yeah, absolutely. You're hitting a niche. Hell yeah. This was a great conversation, you guys. Yeah. yeah thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. And we'll have to come to New York this summer so we can all just hang out. We were supposed to come this weekend. Didn't work out, but we'll have to do it this summer. Absolutely. You guys are welcome to come whenever. Thank you. And maybe we'll throw some money at you when we get there. Yeah, you could do that too. That'd be great. (laughs) I'm sure you'd love that. (laughs) Yes. I wouldn't hate it. How about that? So how can folks get in touch with you, Christian? And Limited One? Um... Limited to One is located at 221 East 10th Street in New York City in the East Village between 1st and 2nd Avenue. Our Instagram is limited to one NYC and our Gmail is limited to one shop at Gmail. Um, and my personal, uh, my record one is Record Nerds with a Z and that's our podcast also. Cool. And Jacqueline, as always, cool. how can folks be in touch with you? Um, they can reach me at Jacqueline underscore 
Gore O'Connell on anything and or you can reach me at in at in between spins on Twitter and Instagram. There hasn't been a new episode mainly because I've been very distracted with my new puppy. It's been nearly impossible to do anything without him <laughs> bugging me every two two minutes. Um, and I'm probably just going to end up starting starting to do monthly episodes because the weekly episodes are very strenuous. <laughs> and it's a lot of content to create yeah. but those will start back up soon i've just been taking a little bit of break so i can like raise my puppy child yeah how can people reach you craig well they hear my bullshit every week but it's at craig Bittedman. <laughs> that's that's the misspelling of my name uh and at edupunks pod for always um this is actually the first, this is the podcast right before the one year anniversary of the podcast. I'm very excited about that. Ooh. All but for the three weeks we took off in the winter, I've put out an episode every week, which is very intense. Um, yes. God bless you. But hell yeah, we've got a lot of great, a lot more great conversations for in between spins coming up and even for the regular Edupunks pod. But yeah, thanks again, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. We did it. Another episode of In Between Spins and Edupunks Pod. Complete big thanks to Christian Sorge for taking some time to chat with me and Jacqueline this week. Please visit his record store in New York City. Go check it out. I'm going to try to get there this summer. Always a great time digging through there. Uh, give Jacqueline some follows. Give Christian some follows. If you like what you hear, please get a rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. That'd be really cool. We'll be back next week with another conversation with an everyday educator and daily disruptor. Uh, next week is going to be the one year since we launched the podcast, which is really cool and really exciting. So thanks to those who've hung around and uh, supported the podcast really really big big thanks to y'all really appreciate it and now on the way out i'm gonna play you the song sprite from Avlov, and then we'll see you next week let's get to work <laughs>